The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I think we're just going to jump in here for the first time since April, reunited with Lainey McCulley, my uh, on-screen daughter (laughs) for Country Hearts. And your hair is so long now. I know. It's so weird. It all of a sudden started growing like a weed. Doesn't make it any more uh, realistic that I think to be your daughter, you would have had to be (laughs) maybe 15 in real life or something like that. But yeah, we'll go with it. It's the magic of Hollywood, right? It really is. Yeah. This is you. But it was cool to uh, to be working with you in that capacity, um, and it was cool to to, to do the movie. And, and obviously, there's so much to talk about because Country Hearts Two is about ready to start debut uh, this week. First of all, I mean, as you know, acting wise, you film this and you do take five, take twenty, take twenty seven, all these different scenes and stuff, and you never really know what you're going to get until you see the edited flick itself. So, what did you think overall about Country Hearts? Uh, when you saw it back? I love it. I mean, I am starting to get a little bit used to, well, that, um, just kind of seeing it turn out different than maybe it felt on set. I find it usually helps. <laughs> like there's usually like, <laughs> oh, they made me look uh, better. Um, <laughs> but no, it was great. And I think they did a great job of the music, which obviously is a key element of the show and the series. But yeah, I think I think the music turned out really good. The performances were super hype and it was very like right in the feels, which was, I think, the goal. So that feels good. Yeah. I mean, once again, I thought you did a, a great job kind of anchoring the whole thing, which was cool. But once again, like I, I want to obviously talk to you about how you got into this and everything, because when, when I first got the script, mm-hmm. I remember reading it because I was doing like a lot of, you know, like horror movies and action movies and For that sure. sort of thing. And reading the script, I was kind of like, nothing really happens in this. <laughs> like, what? what's the big action sequence? There's a fire in the barn or whatever. Mm-hmm. But once you start reading it, like you said, it's it's such a different style of movie for what I was used to. Definitely. And it really turned out good. It was it was it was really kind of a fun, you know, for for what they were going for and the demographic that they're going for. I thought that it ended up being really, really cool. Yeah, I think it's like it's a funny thing because I remember like I don't know, this may be TMI, but you know, when I first started doing like MOWs, people would be, which is movies of the week for those that don't know. Um, (laughs) Hollywood talk. Yeah. And people would say like here and there, they'd be like, uh, well, you got to start somewhere. And I would find that to be the weirdest 
thing with the weirdest feedback. And, and it was always meant harmlessly as a compliment, but it would come out sounding a little condescending. And it's weird because it's like, well, I see how maybe from the outside of the industry, it can look like that or feel like, yeah, nothing happens in this movie. But for one thing, I think there's a ton of actors that would give their left foot to sure. know, work on a movie like this um, and just be working, which is a huge privilege. But also, I think once you've done a few of these, I've had the pleasure of meeting some fans of these kinds of movies of the week. Um, some of my neighbors in my old neighborhood were like super fans and couldn't believe that I moved in. And they were just like, so <laughs> about it. and from their perspective, I started to ask them, like, what do you love about these movies? Because I didn't really watch them until I started acting in them. And I think what it is for most people is the feedback I get is there's just so much darkness and the world is so stressful and the news is so scary. And I think these movies are, they're very comforting to have nothing too traumatic happen. Like we have mm. enough to worry about. And then at the end of the day, you're going to go see more of that on your TV. So I think people really do feel uplifted by, by this type of movie. And so it was same thing for me is a little bit of a pivot. Cause I also started with some horror and thriller type stuff, but yeah, once you hit that little groove, you're like, this is actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and like I said, once you get into it, like a lot of stuff does happen. There's a lot of different dramatic points and plot twists and that sort of thing. So for me, like, Another reason why I really took it seriously is I, I got an offer, right. like which for people that don't know, like to get an offer as an actor is like amazing because it means you don't have to audition. That means they, they're, they're looking for you to do the part. Yeah. No questions asked. If you want it, you got it. So yeah. once again, that sort of thing was like, wow, like I really should check this out and really get into it. And then once you delve into it, like I said, there is a lot happening, just different from what I was used to. How did you get attached to, to Country Hearts? It was a similar situation for me. I also got an offer, which like you just said, is a huge privilege, like so much time saved. It's always like, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also a lot of like the, like, will I, won't I get it kind of stress is also taken away, which is really nice. It's up to you to make the yeah. decision. But yeah, I had actually worked with the company and the, um, in this situation, it's like a casting slash production company combo. Um, and I had done a movie with them before um, that was also had to do with my character singing. And so they knew that I was a singer um, and was able to sing the country genre. And so, yeah, I think this, they were like, oh, we have a girl that's kind of in line with this project. And so when they reached out, I was like, yeah, it's even better because it was more than one project within the one. Mm. project. <laughs> so it was like kind of exciting to have a character that got to develop a little further. Yeah. And like you said, the fact that they were filming two at the same time, you know, that was kind of intriguing to me, kind of like a back to the future two and three were like, yeah. we got a lot of stuff going on here. And so they actually have a little bit of, of a plan for this. Yeah. And which I was think extra it was cool. cool. Just like knowing that from the beginning, like not being like, maybe this will turn into more, but already knowing that we had shoot dates set for the second film. So it was sort of like, right. It was nice to be able to just develop those characters and kind of like see that arc through versus cutting it off and being like, maybe like I'd never done a sequel. So it was cool for me. So had had you worked with this production company before? You mentioned that you'd done some stuff where you'd sung before. Had you worked with this actual team? Yes. So I'd actually done a few movies where I had been a singer and I was also um, in a series for Hallmark where my character was a singer. So it's kind of like a space where I feel very comfortable. But this company, I had done one film with them. So they had um, actual on-set experience with me and... I mean, I think it was good. I hope it was good this time around as well. That was nothing too. Like at first it was, it was pitched to me. Like it's like a Hallmark movie, but it's for up TV. And I didn't like up TV. Obviously it's, it's, it's a network that you've, that now that we have heard about it, you know it, but I didn't really know anything about it. So I was just referring to it as the Hallmark movie. Totally. And like you said, when you, when you tell people that 
they're almost like <laughs> like like you said it's like oh you got to start somewhere or my grandma loves those movies or it's oh, like oh that's cute God. but it's like it's not it's a big deal it's, it, there's a lot of people yeah, that kind of live and die, and, and die by the sword by these <laughs> well it is and they do and i mean it's funny because you might be surprised who does watch these movies i've heard i mean i can attest that my father loves them and he will cry every time even though he knows exactly <laughs> what's gonna happen um <laughs> my mom's like oh your father in these movies and then secretly she's like watching from the back of the room like she really <laughs> yeah and also i've heard like war vets actually really love these movies really yeah for the same reason i mentioned earlier in that it's kind of they don't need any more stress they have a lot of ptsd and, and so watching something that's a little more calming and comforting is more what they're looking for so it's kind of mm. kind of interesting you who is really watching these movies? It, it's a bigger crowd than you would think. And yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I like it too. Like, you know, once again, cause you're, you're from Canada. I know you live in, in LA. Yes, sir. I'm from Canada. I live in Florida, but, but going to Toronto to film, it was, it was really cool. Cause once again, like you, you see the script and, 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 you know, like Pa, uh, <laughs> yeah, Bones, your dad, <laughs> is um, an ex-rock star, but then he's, you know, he has to give up that lifestyle because of his substance abuse, and then he goes to try and become a horse breeder, and, like, it's always cool when you show up and see these sets. Yes. You know, the, the sets that they had were actually really, really cool for us, like the stables and all that sort of thing. It was, it was uh, the whole atmosphere I thought was bigger than I was expecting. I oh, yeah. I was so impressed by a lot of the sets, but particularly the horse stables. There was two. There was the, well, we shot two locations within the location, but the yeah. barn was so pretty. But then there was that huge kind of like, I don't know what you call it, arena. Yeah. Where, and it was just massive. And I had to walk that one horse around that thing. And that horse was like, no, I'm done with this. <laughs> Did you hear about this? <laughs> on the leg? No. Tell the story. <laughs> so um, I hadn't really, which is weird because I grew up in a town called Cloverdale, but I had no like real experience with horses. And when I booked this role in the script, originally Tori was riding horses and she's supposed to be this, you know, pretty accomplished equestrian. So I was like, I better shape up. So I started taking lessons every week and um, going up to do like trail riding and um, just like grooming and just kind of really getting comfortable with horses up in Ojai. And it was awesome. I loved it. I found it very meditative. And yeah, I started you just kind of getting more used to being around horses. And then I get to set and they're like, Oh, we cut all the stuff of Tori riding. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> Probably a good thing because I think I was a little intimidated. Like horses are massive animals. Right. And you know, if you're if you don't know how to act around them, they can be dangerous. So um, I just felt like I wouldn't be able to do my job <laughs> if I didn't, you know, get that comfort level to a certain point. But yeah, I was, um, I don't remember the horse's name, but it was, it was just one of those days where this horse did not want to act. It was like, I'm not, I'm not about this. And yeah, yeah. the scene with me and Barrett talking and we're just walking around and around and the, the poor trainer was like, you have to hold him like this. So I did. And at one point she's like, put your hand like across his, um, mouth area and, and <laughs> make him move. So I went to do that. And this horse was like, nah you and just like chomped my <laughs> and I will, I'm dying to see that blooper. I hope somebody saved it because <laughs> did a horse go down. It was like, no. Yeah. After that, I, it took me a couple takes to, to ease back. <laughs> um, yeah. Luckily it didn't break any skin and I actually, it was just objectively hilarious, but I think being, having done the lessons ahead of time helped prepare me for that moment. We, we have a, a scene like that too in that arena. I guess it's more of like a big giant pen, yeah, maybe cool. whatever you would call it. And it was with uh, with Craig, who plays um, who plays like my worker guy. You know, he's like the guy on the farm who's, who's working and hanging out. And yeah, and the funny thing was that we were had to, like you said, walk around with this horse. 
And there's actually kind of a scene where the horse is, is kind of running around. And he's supposed to be running in front. Like the cameras are all set up. Like Video Village is kind of behind everything, obviously. And so the yeah. cameras are there. And, the, and then the Craig and I and, and, and the horse are focused in front. And this guy's supposed to be running from like, you know, back and forth, like, you know, a horizontal line. And then he decides to just like start running right through Video Village, <laughs> right through everybody. He's just going on a rampage. And people are like, you know how it is, right? You don't like. There's no way we're gonna get trampled by a horse. Oh yeah, but no. you can there's easily no. get trampled by a horse. So no, everyone's trying to be cool about it. But this horse is running around all over the place, and they're trying to stop it. Like the trainer's like running, like no, no, no. And the guy's just like, like he's like, but at the end of the day, it's an animal. Like they said, there's like a rule. Like, I think it's something like in film, you should never work with kids or animals because you just yes. know what they're gonna do. And we work with yes, that's, <laughs> that's the WC Fields uh, motto. Yeah, but I was just thinking, like you know, like how do you stop this guy? And, and, and as long as you get you know four seconds of the horse running in the right place, they can edit it accordingly. Yeah, editing is but so he, thing. You know, he's just gonna knock over all these cameras and all this sort of stuff. Like he doesn't even care at all. Oh my god! Well, it's like I, I was literally thinking about that on set. I was like, what does a horse think of this? Like a horse isn't like I'm right. here to work. <laughs> like what is yeah, this yeah, yeah. going on? Like I, I think it's such an interesting perspective because I do feel like obviously there's pretty strict laws when you have an animal on set to make sure it like looks out for the welfare of the animal. But I'm just like I would love to be inside that horse is mine yeah. being like what's with these lights why is that person with a huge steadicam like that thing would be scary too like the steadicam it's this sure. kind of mechanism where the cameraman is holding the camera but it's on this kind of i don't even know what you would call it it's just like this big piece of metal that kind of extends out the back and around and then he's got one hand on either yeah. end of it and to hold it steady and so it's just like this huge contraption and it's black and metal and i feel like an animal would be i mean my dog would be totally weirded out by that it almost looks like like uh if you watch the spider-man movies like dr octopus he's got that yes. big apparatus with all the arms coming out that or, yes. or like ripley and aliens when she drives that thing at the end you're kind of ensconced inside this mechanical canopy but you, yes, you have to hold exactly. it on your back there's the word choices i was looking for yeah it's like I, it's hard to describe unless you've seen one but that's a great a way of describing it <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So when it comes to, to Tori and obviously my daughters, like you said, which is so funny, that, that are uh, they're going into country music and it's June and it's Tori. Uh, and you mentioned there is a lot of singing in, in the movie. I know mm -hmm. especially Country Hearts there was and, and even for the trailer of Country Hearts 2, the whole thing is based around the song that you had written that's going to be a big hit. Totally. And you mentioned you have a musical background. Did you sing in, in this uh, movie as well? Um, yeah, I, um, I didn't write the music, but I did sing all the songs. I think... Between the two movies, I think we recorded eight, eight songs total. Some of them were mm. Christmas carols for the Christmas movie, which I don't want to give away too much. It's not out yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, we recorded eight songs. Um, I think it was crazy. I think before, back in my day of recording music, you'd maybe do one song. You'd record one song a day. But I think we were yeah. doing four per session. So my vocals wow. were just like stripped at the end of these days. Um, but yeah, we did all those. And I forget what your other question was. <laughs> 
No, I was, that was basically what I was just asking you. Like, you know, w- when you have all these songs that you're doing, you're recording themselves. And what, what exactly is your is your singing background? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's, I don't know. I kind of have like a genre ADHD where I grew up mostly doing musical theater. I was a dance theater kid. So that was kind of how it started. Very like classical voice training. Uh, and then after I graduated college, I pivoted and was like, I loved country music my whole life. I, like I said, I grew up in Cloverdale, which is a rodeo town in BC. And so I was just, you know, all about that country life. And I put some country music out in Canada. And then I ended up moving oh, wow. to Nashville in 2017. Shortly thereafter, I realized I just didn't really feel country in my bones anymore. Uh, bones. <laughs> at which point i pivoted to pop music and then really had a lot of fun writing that and i just started performing a town around nashville and kind of putting out music under just my last name it was macaulay and yeah i was having so much fun with that and then the pandemic hit and all my shows got canceled and i um came to california to spend lockdown with my now husband and yeah i just kind of put the music on hold and that hold just never ended because i started working a ton in film and tv so it was never an intentional stop it it just sort of life did life and yeah at some point i i really do i miss the studio i miss writing i miss performing so i'd love to start putting music out again at some point but at the moment i'm really focusing on film so that's really cool i, I didn't realize that you had done that much. so you actually put out some music in, in country music in canada like some singles and stuff i did yeah i had a I had a top 50 song at canadian radio nice yeah and then i moved to nashville because that was the dream and then yeah i think just being in that in that realm, I, I was really clear that I loved music still, but I just, um, I just didn't want to make country music anymore, and it just wasn't me personally. But yeah, I still love country. I still listen to country. I've got lots of friends making great country music, so yeah, it'll always be part of who I am. I think for sure. The producers, obviously, they you mentioned they offered you this role. They must have known about your your singing background. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, I think my agent had sent them some of my songs, some of my old YouTube videos. And anything that I was like currently writing stuff that wasn't even released yet. So they were very aware that music was a big part of who I am as a performer. So I think they were definitely aware of that. Yeah. Once again, it seems like, you know, for, for both of us that these roles aren't that far off from who we are as people and entertainers, which once again, like for me, when I mentioned before. I wasn't asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when, when I mentioned getting this offer and kind of reading the script and, and paying a lot of attention to it because you know, knowing that you could have this role if you want it. Yeah. I started realizing like, it's not that far off from, from who I am. Like, you know, obviously I'm a singer. I've got young daughters that are just getting ready to go out and do their own thing. That's crazy parallel. No problem reinventing myself and all that sort of a thing. So it really did kind of fit. And I, I started reading it almost with like my own thoughts and, and processing it that way. Is that, is that the same way that you did it when you saw the scripts? Yeah, I think I was going to, well, before I talk about myself, I wanted to ask you about that. So, cause I know your rock music is so cool and I wanted to come to your show when you were in LA and it came That's and right. went and I was already gone. Yeah, um, so yeah. Please let me know next time you're coming through LA cause I want to come to the show. I will. I will. So having, it was interesting because like in the movie, I'm, I'm a country singer and mom was country, but you were rock and that's what you actually do. So like you said, it was like weirdly close yeah. to our, yeah. And so did you find, cause for me to answer your question, it was very much like a lot of this character is just kind of who I am. I don't have to do like a ton of character research in the sense that I kind of been preparing for this role my whole life by being so similar to the role. But then it's like an interesting thing where you're like, but I'm not Tori. I'm not, you know, so it's, it's almost like for me, 
my process is almost easier when it's a character that's so far from who I am mm -hmm. because then I'm just like taking on a whole, maybe I'll change my voice a little, maybe I'll change my physicality. Like I'm just dropping into just this entirely different person. But when a character is, like you said, parallel in these movies, like Bones is to you and Tori is to me, it's like, how do I make this character Tori and not just yeah. lady called Tori, you know? So it is, it's almost weirder. I, I, I hope that that, you know, came across, but at the end of the day, it's still my body, my vehicle, my voice. So I think at the end of the day, Tori is just kind of similar to me and that's, we're going to have those similarities come through. You were there for like the majority of the filming, pretty much from day one until day done. I remember I kept kind of popping in and out, but you were there for a full, was it a month? Was it six weeks? How long was it? It was actually, um, come, it was just under seven weeks. I spent seven weeks in Toronto. That hotel room, I actually loved that hotel. I, it was great. But at a certain point, those white walls started to feel a bit like an asylum. <laughs> I was like, I need a change of scenery. Like I'm starting to get weird. <laughs> so that was seven weeks i um i have some family in that area of canada so i was able to visit them i think it was during easter so i did like an easter dinner mm -hmm. and kind of just some family visits which was really nice i don't get to see them a lot being in la sure but yeah it was it was a lot of filming and it was kind of cool because there was a bit of different cast between the two movies or at least like my days on set were with different areas of the cast but yeah you man you were busy you were like mm -hmm. flying in for shows flying out for um, <laughs> yeah. i mean everything <laughs> and you were still you were the matches and everything too right yeah it was one of those things where the opportunity came up right in the middle or right after a Fozzie tour and then i was still doing aw wrestling shows yeah. but you know it's one of those ones where it's like i've only got these you know eight days to make it work and they were able to to reconfigure it to to fit into the schedule which once again like when a production is going to do that you know they really are interested in having you which is is, is an honor as well so yeah. but for you did they film pretty much one movie first and the second movie second were they kind of going back and forth a bit yes they did i think i think because there was a director change one director did the first movie and then amy did the second marco shout out to marco for the first um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um I think because of that, they just kind of did it like a block, like movie one, movie two. But I, I think because they did some pickups, right? For you, when you came back, they, they kind did, of popped yeah. in and did like some first movie stuff. But for me, it was very much right. like focusing on movie one and then let that one go focus on movie two, which was kind of nice because I think there had been a little bit of character development between the two. And so kind of jumping back and forth on that timeline. I mean, I see actors do it in these time travel movies and stuff. I'm like, I don't right. know how y'all keep track of what point like i heard i heard that some of the actors had to be like hyper um vigilant in everything everything everywhere all at once am i saying that mm, right yeah. um, that movie is just like a total time warp constantly and so just knowing where your character is at to like have sure. that inform your work on that day would be so confusing but yeah for me i didn't have to do that in this case because it was it was very much block shot for movie one and then movie two the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
I was like for me when obviously Marco uh, Defunia and then Amy Force, which is a great name. Amy Force uh, took over. I mean, they both have great names. Yeah, (laughs) to take over the second movie, and for me, I was a little bit like not worried, but you know, like I thought I found two separate directors for basically the same movie because it is one long continuous story. Like, for example, when when Country Hearts ended. A lot of my friends that, and, and family that watched the movie was like, that's it? There's so many untapped plot lines. They didn't, they didn't know that there was a second one. Right. Yeah, exactly. That would be very weird to not know there was more coming. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Was that they just didn't answer yeah. anything. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> but it was. But I was thinking, like, is this going to be tough to have a different director on the same project? Uh, obviously, it worked out great. And, and both were, were, were talented directors and, and had a different way of doing things. But how, does, how did that work for you, being there for so long and having one director locked in? And then as soon as you got it done, you got to move into somebody new. That's a good question. I think I think there was a little of that same fear just because you kind of hit a stride with Marco for the first movie. Right. And um, I also had worked with Marco on that the movie I was talking about earlier that I had worked with this company on before. So I knew Marco really well. And I mean, if anyone is listening to this knows Marco, he's like, he's like Great your sarcastic guy. big brother. Like he's going to take the piss out of you. <laughs> and he's going to make fun of you if you say something dumb. Um, and I find comfort in that. Like that's how I roll. So, I, you yes. know, you kind of have that easy very easy to work with yeah totally yeah Yeah, 100 percent. so i was like oh no you know is it gonna be a weird you know huge divert from that um but yeah it definitely wasn't my experience obviously amy's style is different but not that different just just her own and so yeah i think there was like a few days of adjustment because the only person that changed was the director in terms of the crew and everyone i think pretty much everyone stayed the same so there was like a couple days we're like oh this is a this is a different set now it's just it's just someone else's style Uh, but i think after day three four you know you hit that groove again and amy was great so yeah i think it was a little bit kind of challenging too like i said for me like as as an actor I, i felt really kind of like you know challenged because it's not what you expect chris jericho to do uh, and then having two separate directors and kind of, you know, because they did have different styles. Amy, I felt Amy was a little bit more, a little bit more serious than Marco was. Yeah, she's very like focused. And she, I think she also gives, I would say, more feedback. Like she's more yes. like, I want performance this way. Whereas Marco was like, second take, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he's, like, yeah, yeah. he's just more like you do that how you want. And Amy's like, I envision it this way. And I think it's cool to kind of try both um, and see how your work changes as a result. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I, I like that kind of like for me, cause you know, you know, once again, you kind of fall into the groove with, with Marco, which is great. But then now you got to kind of re reshake everything up again and, and here we go. So that I just dug that, you know, once again, the, just the whole thing for me was like, like a real acting kind of boot camp if, if, if nothing else 100 percent. i feel like that every time i work on a new project is like it's it's our job is so weird in that way because you never are working with the same team like there's people in their normal person jobs <laughs> that are like <laughs> you know who they're working with and, and it's like you have this rapport and in ours it's like you show up on day one and it's different with every new project and so you're just constantly learning from different people i think it's really actually a very cool aspect of the job but um i wanted to ask you so coming from doing kind of more horror type stuff what obviously was a like a pivot for you and you were like oh this isn't what people expect chris jericho to do so what was your initial feeling did you feel out of your element did you feel like too cheesy did you totally not care at all like i'm curious what that felt like for you yeah no so so the thing is with with wrestling especially with me like there's a lot of backstage you know, vignettes and backstage segments that you do in wrestling because it's all storytelling, right? So you're telling the sure. story that leads up to the match. So if people don't know wrestling, they think it's like, hey, let me tell you something, brother. I'm going to kick your ass. Like, that's such a small part of what you do. And for me, I never do that. It's very right. much 
deeper and a lot more layers. So I didn't feel out of my element at all. I felt really like this is very dramatic and there's a lot of drama in wrestling too. But, but once again, I, I think for me, I guess, I don't know if it's the most challenging thing, the most interesting thing was, was having daughters on the show, like you and, and, and June and, and, you know, and then having a wife in the movie, you know, like that was, I, I don't think I've ever had a wife on screen or definitely not daughters on screen. So that was right. kind of interesting too. Like how, how, like I remember the one scene that we did where we were outside. Um, it was really cold that, that morning and I was giving you, you were remember that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I've just never seen, I've never seen anyone look as cold as you looked. <laughs> you couldn't really see it though in the movie. I like actually, it wasn't obvious at all, but I just remember feeling so bad for you because I think they had you like what in like a t-shirt or something. And I actually had a layer. So I remember just yeah. being like, I feel so bad for you right now because it really was cold. It was like zero degrees. And, I sh and I'm from Canada, so I shouldn't even be uh, <laughs> selling it, but it was really cold. It was early in the morning. Florida, so you get, you get a yeah, pass. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, but, into a different yeah. But it was giving, it was the scene. I think I gave you a guitar and then I was like wishing you well on your trip. And, uh, and you were like, thanks dad for believing in me. Actually, I think it made it into the trailer actually. But that to me, like, you know, from, from a, a method standpoint, like I'm envisioning talking to my, I have twin daughters, Sierra and Cheyenne, they're both 17 in their, their senior year. So I'm kind of envisioning that. So that you, you kind of, so for me, that was the biggest difference is actually having a family on screen. And then how do I incorporate that into, you know, things that I've experienced with my own kids? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, um, uh, it's so funny because there's all these there's all these schools of thought around acting and and methods I guess but it's funny because like on set sometimes you just don't get the luxury of taking the time to do a certain process that may be helpful to you like sometimes you're filming one scene and then you know maybe you're shooting 12 pages that day and it's just a crazy day and right. then all of a sudden you have like a big emotional scene and they need you to perform like right now and all of a sudden you're like okay just give me one second and someone's like and rolling and you're like <laughs> um, so you just gotta like get somewhere and so like you know if it's a if it's like a a scene where like for like same as you for that particular scene is like i'm very close with my dad i'm very close with both my parents but it, it was it was very easy to just slip into that like how would it feel how did it feel when right. I literally moved to Nashville in my yeah. life, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not story, but as Lainey. And I mean, on that particular day, I, I have a photo of my parents and they don't even look like themselves. They'd been crying all morning. My dad's wearing sunglasses and their faces are all like distorted <laughs> and puffy because they're just like, they look like they're in um, And so I just like, it wasn't very hard to tap into that. So that I agree. It's like with, because of these parallels, it's like, you know, you just really, the method is... Uh, how was it with my own situation right, that was doing, so yeah. this? But yeah, there's been other times where I need to cry on the spot hysterically. And I'm like, I, you know, maybe that scene has to do with uh, a breakup, but I don't really have a recent breakup that upsets me. <laughs> I'm so happy in my relationships. Yeah. I'm like, I can't really pull from that unless I really dig from like my past or something. And I don't have the time for that. I just need to cry. Yeah. I'm going to look at a photo of my dogs, either one of them. And picture the day I have to say goodbye. Like oh, I need that. Yeah. I need those tears right, right now. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a very different kind of, I guess some would probably call that a, a cheat or a, but that's, a cheap. But that's but, part of your, that's part of your process and that's hard to yeah. cry on cue. Yes, it can be. It is funny. Some days it seems like no trouble at all. And other days I'm like, I'm just feeling really good. I'm feeling really happy. I love my job. I'm happy I'm here. <laughs> you know, right. and it's hard to like, you know, because I think we spend our whole lives as as humans, not as actors, just trying not to let whatever has happened to us, whether it's any kind of trauma or 
anything that hurts us, a heartbreak, a, a, a loss, and not letting those things just be exposed nerves at all times, or we just all be walking around bawling or angry right. yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. all time. So we spend our whole lives putting these walls up. And then as an actor, you like you have 45 seconds to pull that wall down and just show everything. And it's just like this kind of like crazy push and pull of, of emotions. I think it's a really crazy part of our job, but it is so interesting to sort of explore different methods and, and learn how to, for lack of a better word, that. I found that too, when we were doing uh, ADR, which is additional dialogue recording. So this is like, you know, months later and you go into the studio and you have to reread these lines or maybe they didn't catch the line or maybe the audio was off or maybe they rewrote something. But like you said, you just wander in and it's Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock or two o'clock. And it's like, you have to read these lines here and you got to remember what was going on in the scene and maybe right. you're a little bit sad or maybe a little bit angry or whatever it is. And that, that to me is true acting because you're not even in the context of like having your, you know, your costume on or, or knowing what happened before or after that dropping into that very quickly was interesting. That's a really good point. I think ADR is such a weird thing for that exact reason. It's like, you're not, you're, you're, you don't have the, the luxury of like looking around at the set. That's really helping your brain kind of envision where your character's at. And so you just kind of are in this soundproof room, just like trying to drum up some emotion. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I find like, I, I'm sure you've done the same thing as like, if your character is like out of breath or like really emotional, I'm like trying really hard to like match the tone even. Yes, and it's more, yes. it's more forced because you're not in it the same way. And so like, I've, I've had like full on workouts in an ADR room <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it's weird. It's a very strange uh, phase of the production process. Do you like doing ADR as a singer? Do you find it fun? I don't, I don't know if it's fun. I find it probably the most challenging. Of, of anything yeah. you know what i mean because like you said you got to drop right into this this world that you left months ago you know and then that to me was was cool another thing that i was thinking about too is like for you every morning in the movie as well you have like 18 different hairstyles like you've got braids you've got curls and you're like do you show up and, and you know what you're looking for do they just say here's what we're going to do today does the script call for different hairstyles like how does how does that work? You know, it's so funny. <laughs> a man, I mean this with love. A man would ask that question. Of course. You, they give you one, one hairstyle. I'm a little envious because I spent a lot of time <laughs> sitting in that chair. My um, hair was up yes. and my hair was down. That was it. The end. <laughs> it's like, so uh, the makeup artist in this case, uh, it was Taylor. Shout out Taylor yep. and her, um, Alex as well. Both fantastic. I think, um, so Taylor's got like, the call sheet for the day and it'll show, you know, what um, scenes are up for those that aren't familiar right. with the call sheet. And then you, she knows from her little book, it'll say like, oh, if we're doing scene 12 and scene 20 today, they know that scene 12 takes place in the, in the script on day four or day four day, if there's a different, you know, and then scene 20 takes, takes place. So she's kind of literally looking, she's got it in her book, day five, day seven, day two. And then, so then during the day, as the scenes come up, she's going, we got to get you in your day two look. We got to get you in, in your day 20 look, like whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it is a lot. It's like an extra, you know, kind of sitting there working on the work work. And then you got someone yanking in your hair <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. This one is in particular because there was so much braiding and like Tori was a little extra too, because she's, she's a farm girl, but then she's also a performer. So we just had like a real spread of hairdos. Definitely. <laughs> but I like, I like that too. Like when we did the, the photo shoot, you know, I was just thinking like when, 
when I saw the posters, I was like, this is like Yellowstone without like anybody getting killed. Like I really kind of incorporate a lot of that John Dutton, Kevin Costner into the role that I was playing. And then, you know, there's the family and I don't know, it just had a real kind of like PG version of Yellowstone and just seeing those, yeah. those posters that we did just really kind of came together. It looked very cool. Yeah, it is. It is so weird. Cause I think it's something that's easy to take for granted too. It's like, I remember when I first started acting, professionally like in film and tv i grew up doing commercials and stuff but to do actual film acting i remember just wanting so bad to get one scene or one line in a lifetime movie and just being like seeing you know friends book like a guest star or any any level of role that was bigger than a than an actor role an actor role is um is a Sorry, I don't know if this is helpful to give this context. You can just cut me off if not. But yeah, an <laughs> actor role was so confusing at first because like they're all actor roles. But an actor classified role is, I think, something like one to three lines or like gotcha. one. It's considered small. And, and, if, you, and if you're not, then you're you're uh, extra. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. The, the, so yeah, act, a lot of people start with their first speaking role will be like an actor role, or I think in um, that's a Canadian term. There's my Canadian coming out. I think in this in the U.S. it's it's called a co-star. Gotcha. Which to me sounds like like a lead. <laughs> so yeah, I was so sure it does. By, yeah. by the terminology when I first enter. But yeah, anyways, my point is I just remembered, you know, just dying, like wanting so bad just to get that one actor role. And then you grow up or keep at it. And then you all of a sudden and you're the face on a poster. And it's like, it's so easy to take that for granted. And then you see the poster come out and you're like, whoa. It's you know? really cool. But yeah. Also, I think it. I think it was, now I'm confusing the two posters for Country Hearts and Country Hearts Christmas, but one of them, it looks like the horse is me because it says like the horse and then right above the horse, it says my name. And I was like, they should build a horse like that, especially because it caught my leg. It deserves to have, to have some, you know, some real recognition. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, I, I love too about this, like just thinking about the actual script. Because once again, it is very much a lifetime hallmark up TV, kind of the same idea, very much love stories and intertwining, uh, you know, love dramas and love triangles. And there's a little bit of a, of a religious stint to it. Yeah. But in the script that I loved was as I was reading through the first one, it would say something like, you know, Barrett walks in and in brackets, it would say shirtless scene. And then later on, somebody like shirtless scene. I'm like, is there a certain amount? Is it, do they have like a, a bare minimum of shirtless scenes that they need in oh each script to, to qualify? That's really funny. I don't know if I ever saw that script because that's news to me. I may I have saw gotten a version because I think you were attached before I was. So okay, I, yeah. I, yeah, maybe. Very funny. I think if anything, it might be the opposite where there might be a max number of shirtless oh, scenes gotcha. to, to, that would be my guess. I mean, I'm just totally talking on my ass, but I'm, I'm guessing because of the family nature of the movie, they're probably allowed a certain amount of like male upper body. <laughs> and they probably have to like cut the cord, but these, it always cracks me up because I know, I don't know about up TV, but I know on, um, other networks that are similar, there's rules like women can't show toe. <laughs> no toe. 
toe is you can't show shoulder. Yeah, there's like all these really funny and men have to be clean shaven. I think they've recently changed it to like men are allowed to have facial hair now because there's nothing edgier than a beard. (laughs) (laughs) Or whiskers. Um, (laughs) Nothing says bad boy more than whiskers. Nothing says bad boy, which in this case would imply that I guess Roddy is the bad boy. Which he's the bad he boy, yeah. he kind of was the bad boy. I guess he kind of was. It was just funny because Craig's so so Southern California chill. So, yeah, like he's unbad, so chill. Bad boy ever. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Craig, I think he did a really amazing job, like yeah. kind of wrangling horses for someone that had no experience. Like he didn't take any sort of lessons like I did. And he was arguably much more comfortable with the horse scenes. And they actually had him riding a horse because he's also supposed to be, you know, your barn hand. So he's, yeah, he's supposed a to wrangler, have yeah. a real level of um, comfort with these animals. But he didn't do any like prior horse riding or anything and so when he got to set and they were like do this do that he was like okay and just like jumped in and i i give him credit because he totally he totally looked comfortable doing all that well it's one of those things whenever like you know you're up for a role it's like can you skydive of course i can skydive <laughs> you know can you do you know <laughs> biochemistry yes of course i can and you know what the funny thing is do you know what every actor puts falsely on their resume horseback riding oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, i actually heard that like trope years ago so i took horseback riding off because i was like i can do it and then i heard that trope i took it off and then i found out about this movie i started digging the lessons i put that shit back on <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you had a great relationship on screen with 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 June, your sister Katarina Maria. Yeah. She did a great job too. How was that too? Because you know, once again, we're all actors here, and so you're my daughter. I got to jump right in, and I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. She's your sister, but the whole crux of the movie is that Tori really wants to go for it, and June's kind of a little bit hesitant because of her dick husband he was such a jerk in the movie he was such a jerk justin was terrible like everyone is like i hate justin and we want to see him get fireballed i know we're like ooh, i know weird behavior dude (laughs) um character not the actor he was lovely yes (laughs) but um yeah it was kind of similar in the sense like we were talking about earlier with your daughters i have a sister and she and i have definitely over the course of our teenage years and stuff had moments where we kind of grew apart or had our little rifts but i talked to her quite literally five to ten times a day like we're just in constant communication there's no end and it's never it's never bye or like see you next week it's literally just like everything is open-ended because i'm going to talk to you again in two hours and so i think tori and june had a very similar relationship and so um I think Kat was the first person I met. Yes, because when I came to do hair tests right before we started filming the first movie, she was also there for that. So she was the first cast member I met in person. And we went out um, to Soho in Toronto and got some drinks. And we actually stumbled across like into this party that was a masquerade party. <laughs> and somebody supplied these like masquerade masks to us. And nice. we just like stumbled into this like party and had a really <laughs> great night. So we were able to do that kind of early on in filming for some bonding. And yeah, it was it was just very easy to sort of, you know, play that relationship with her and and really just pull from my relationship with my own sister because I think it was it was very similar. Like two people who are so similar in terms of Tori and June, the characters, and, you know, they've got so much in common, but also they're living very, very different lives. Like Tori's kind of flitting around with the guys yeah. she's and can't decide who she Three or loves. four different guys, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then, and then you've got June, who's in a marriage, like, very settled down, feeling torn because her husband isn't 1,000% supportive of this, like, on-the-road musician life. So I think it was kind of cool to have that same dichotomy of 
similarity, but also conflict or difference because, yeah, I know mm. a little bit about that <laughs> with my own sister. So uh, you mentioned hair test. What does that mean? Oh, so uh, this kind of speaks to your question earlier is like, for women, <laughs> and probably some dudes on, on a lot of movies, I'm sure, if you have a larger role in a movie or, or a series, the hair team want, and the makeup team, I think we did makeup tests as well, wants to kind of get a sense of like your hair because there's a lot of different textures and thicknesses and lengths and cuts. So they want to get a sense of that ahead of time. So they're not like, you know, it's like performing on day one if they don't touch your hair before the first day. And then right. also in situations like this, they wanted, to, they tried maybe five to 10 different hairstyles and then they take photos of it and then send them to the execs so that the execs can approve it because it is so I think a lot of people don't realize how many minute details are signed off on by network or by oh, wow yeah it's not I mean Taylor for example had all the creative like power like she's the one coming up with the hairstyles or I might say hey I love French braids my character is a horseback rider and they actually approved it I was so stoked but I don't usually get <laughs> want to say on hair, I might throw out a suggestion. But yeah, so Taylor's kind of creatively coming up with all the hairstyles, and then taking photos and seeing what the execs or the network and or the network like in terms of the character and what they want her to appear as. So yeah, that's a hair test. It's interesting. It's, kind of like, it's an interesting part of the process. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I want to talk a little bit about your, the rest of your career. You mentioned you started doing commercials. Is that like a, like a kid actor, like a child actor sort of thing? What kind of commercials were you doing? So yeah, I started when I was a baby. My brother was in commercials. My mom kind of put him into it because he was really shy. She thought it might help. And he was um, in an audition for something and I was a one-year-old. So I was just with my mom wow, and him. Yeah. And um, they needed a baby for this uh, ride a Mickey commercial is like this little like I don't even like it's like you sit on it and you just like me 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 like you're one like you're just a little waddler and so I did a I, that was my first commercial I booked it on the spot and I ended up doing over a hundred commercials as a as like a kid and then wow years. um and the main thing that I did I did a lot of Barbie and the thing that I did a lot lot of was Bratz dolls I don't know if your daughters yeah did those. I remember so, I remember seeing them yeah yeah I did like. 30 something, maybe 40 something commercials for brats. And then there's, there's one that got really viral. And I've like been hiding myself from the internet because <laughs> it was a little risque. And it went like, it's, it goes viral every few months with a new meme. And it's always like, somewhat related to being slutty, which is hilarious. Because I was, I think I was 16, but I looked 11, like at that point. And right. I did this commercial. It was called Bratz Secret Date. And I actually loved the Bratz dolls. I played with Bratz like way later than anyone should have. <laughs> it, I think I was probably 14 when I stopped actually playing with them, maybe 13. But yeah, that one commercial like haunts me all the time. And it, honestly, it's objectively hilarious. <laughs> like, well, it's, why, why, why were you a slutty 16-year-old in a Bratz commercial? So, oh yeah, I guess if you aren't familiar with it or you've never seen one of the memes. Um, basically, the, the context of the product was you would get one of the one of the, the girl dolls at that point I think it maybe was six characters so my I always represented the blonde doll Chloe and so like they kind of had one girl in each commercial that would represent 
you know, one of the dolls. But in this particular one, they only used me and the dolls would come with the girl. And then one of the boy dolls would also come, but he would be behind like, I don't know, a, like a piece of fat, plastic. So you wouldn't know which doll, you were, male doll you were getting. And they, they changed with every box. So it was kind of like exciting, like, which one am I going to get? Right. And that was part of the appeal. But in the commercial, my character is like running into the bathroom and then and they did this like time lapse thing where I run in in PJs and I immediately run out and I'm fully decked. And I like have this <laughs> wild early 2000s hairstyle and I'm like, wearing just a little slutty crop top and <laughs> I think the skirt and hooker boots and there's like a there's like a tight on the hooker boot getting done oh up. And I, yeah, it's actually pretty hilarious. And honestly the outfit is fire and I swear I started that the hair with all of the butterfly clips. Like I swear I started that. <laughs> you started the whole trend. Again. But yeah, so it was like very, very, you know, and then all of a sudden at the end I open I open the door and the dude is behind the like <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the dude is and then like back in the day when it first came out there wasn't tiktok yet so it was youtube and all the youtube comments were like i wonder who my uh, who my client will be tonight and just like all these like <laughs> you know inferences and meanwhile i was literally 16 uh when i filmed that commercial so it was definitely not the case at all it was very harmless and i, I loved doing the commercial they were really fun but yeah i think it, the media took it and run, ran with it and yeah that's part of my so so you've been working uh, a pretty steady working actor pretty much since 2013 or so so i'm going to go through your imdb and ask you uh, about a couple of your your projects and just give me your thoughts on, on them okay oh gosh this, no one's ever done this i'm nervous <laughs> How about, okay blood brothers reign of terror that sounds pretty scary that was like an indie horror film i was not even i had never taken an acting class i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> I, I i think i must have blocked that out of my memory because i don't have any memory <laughs> of that shoot i was really young i think yeah so that is all I can contribute to that one. How about uh, you played Amy Locaine in the unauthorized Melrose Place story? Tell us about that. I did. That one was really fun because it was it was one of those like I was trying to embody a real person, so I just right. watched some old Melrose episodes and just tried to like take on her body language. But it was a pretty small role; I wasn't in a lot of the film, so I was it like, I a did it. like a documentary, like a like a like a biopic on on Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was biopic. it was scripted. it was I never know how to say that word either. Yeah, um, either. It <laughs> scripted, but it was weird because it was like every every actor had three names because there was like me, Lainey. And then I was playing Amy, locating the actress, and then she had her character's name on Melrose Place. So they would—it was so confusing on set because every actor, and it was a big group of us, had literally three names, and no one knew who anyone was talking about at any point. <laughs> so that's a fun fact about that shoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you also played Aaron in Bad Date Chronicles. Yes, um, that was my first character with glasses. I was quirky, <laughs> so that was a nice change for me. Um, I think that might have been my first like major role in a rom com, and also I met one of my very best friends, Merritt, on that movie. She was in it as well, so that was we're still friends. She lives like fifteen minutes from me now, so that's pretty cool. Okay, now we go from straight A's to triple X. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, this man, you're like roasting me here. I know you don't mean to, but these are like all of the, I'm like, we don't want to have to talk about these. Um, that one is the worst because so that was actually my first offer. I did an audition oh. for that. It was uh, just an offer. It was a really small, like one scene role, probably an actor role, maybe. The blonde girl is how you were. The listening. blonde girl. And the worst part, the reason I say it's the worst is because I, my character didn't have a name because she just runs into like she runs into a character in a bar. Uh-huh. And so I didn't have a name. So I was just blonde girl. But because of the title of the movie, it implies it might be a different kind of film. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a, a scripted TV movie on the Lifetime Network for the record. <laughs> gotcha. You've done some voice work too. I'm looking at The Littlest Pet Shop, yes. uh, a world for only four episodes. Carmelo Wingbat. So, so you do, you do that. Obviously, it was a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. It was actually, I think that might be one of my favorite jobs. It was just so much fun. I love, I love being in the vocal booth. Like, I love ADR. I find it really fun. I love recording anything, whether it's music or a cartoon voice, like anything in a vocal booth. I just, I just feel so yeah, comfortable. Yeah in there it's fun for me um that one was really fun because she was like this adorable little like bat she was a shy fruit bat (laughs) and and she was like a singer that was afraid to sing because she was so shy and i it was like this little raspy voice and i I, like had to sing in the raspy voice and so it was really cute i think actually if i could if i could manifest or like you know goal board something i think i would probably say in my top three goals for the next five years, I want to do more voiceover work. I just, I really love it. It's such a, a, a benefit too, that you can sing. I'm sure that helps a lot for not just voiceover, but just for roles in general. Totally. I think a good chunk of, of my leading roles have been, have been as characters who are singers. So it's definitely a bit of a pocket for me where I, where mm-hmm. I sit. I mean, I should at some point and want to explore a lot of different roles, but that's one, you know, I'm very grateful for the work and anytime I get to sing, it's, a huge win. Last few here on your on your uh, on your resume. Chesapeake Shores was a, um, a TV series that you did. Yes, it looks like eight episodes, maybe short lived, whatever. So tell us yeah. about that. What what uh, channel was that on? So that was Hallmark. That was a Hallmark okay. show. This one's kind of special to me because I was living in Nashville at the time, and I was actually going through just like a really shit year, yeah. <laughs> shit couple of years, I think. And yeah, this was my first major recurring role. So I, at the time, I was flying from. Nashville to Vancouver and then taking a ferry from Vancouver to Vancouver Island. Oh, wow. Doing like a couple days and then flying back to Nashville for writing sessions I had booked and then getting on another plane. And it was just like so. It's a long uh, way too. Yeah. Aggressive. Exactly. Yeah. Nashville is shockingly far from Vancouver, BC. But yeah, it was like a lot of travel and it was super fun. I came in on season four. So my character was Jesse Metcalf's character's love interest in the show that season. And so I came in like after all these other characters were established, but it was so much fun and um, just a really great crew. They'd been around kind of working with each other for a few years. So it was just a really tight group of people and everyone was super nice. And I got to sing in that one as well. That might've been my first major singing role actually. So that was, yeah, it was special for a lot of reasons. It was, and it kind of helped pull me out of, my you know shitty era where everything just was not working out and then after that i I switched to pop i started really getting excited about music again and i think it kind of helped change the tides in my life so yeah i've got a i've got a special love for chesapeake shores and then you also start in the podcast murders which is apropos since we're doing a podcast okay that one i am legit super proud of that movie it was my first lead in a thriller and i think now it was originally lifetime but i think it's on apple tv and someone said they saw it on hulu um and so it's you know pretty accessible and it was a really edgy role i also got to do like a ton of 
physical activity. Like my character had a lot of running scenes, a lot oh, of boxing. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just like super active. And then I actually did another Lifetime movie right after that that was also very physically active. And I realized how much I love that. So it just like takes you right out of your head. <laughs> sure it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying about the whole Country Hearts thing was there was not a lot of, of that sort of action. But it's yeah. cool when you get to break free and do that. Now, what is the difference between Country Roads Christmas and Country Hearts Christmas? Because you're in <laughs> Country Roads Christmas as well. I sure am. Um, I lost count of the number of times I accidentally said Country Roads Christmas on set of Country Hearts Christmas. Um, the long and short is nothing and a lot. <laughs> I think the characters are both singers. There's a big Nashville tie to both. They're both kind of feel-good Christmas movies. Um, but yeah, the characters have very different arcs and very different... Um, like for one thing, Country Roads Christmas, there's one love interest. Uh, Country Hearts Christmas, there is several. Spinning so. plates. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely some differences, but for sure some similarities as well. <laughs> as we start to wind down here, obviously we're talking about Country Hearts Christmas. Yes. And I'm excited because once again, a lot of these loose ends from Country Hearts gets tied up. Yes. Uh, lots of drama. Uh, again, for the family. Absolutely. And the 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 big one I was laughing at is like, like the girls get a chance to play. I'm assuming it's kind of like, you know, like New Year's Rockin' Eve or something. It's the big Christmas Eve special, yeah. but they're hesitant because they want to be home for Christmas Eve. And I'm like, who cares? Just do it. <laughs> you know what's so funny is I felt the same way reading that in the script. And I think that's very telling of you and me and like our goals, right, our right. personalities, because like I've always lived my life that way. And that's just how this industry works too, is like sure. when you get an opportunity, you take it. It could take be years it, yeah. before, you know, so you just do it. And this idea that like, you know, especially with a, with a father that is in the Listen industry. Like, and the mother too. If anyone understood, it would be you. And I think, I mean, I obviously, I haven't seen the edit of Country Hearts. Christmas. It's Country Hearts <laughs> Christmas, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I didn't say the wrong one. Um, but I hope that it comes across that like, dad absolutely does understand that and bones. Yeah totally gets the opportunity, but it's just that family values are so important too. Cause I think there are a lot of people that wouldn't be like you and me, Chris, where it's right. like right. you do <laughs> career first, especially when you're young, you know, like yeah. career first while you've got the chance. And when something comes up, you grab it because you don't know when it will come around again. Like I still live my life that way. And thank God I have a husband that absolutely understands. It's kind of the same with his career. Uh, he's a lawyer and he goes like, he's off to trial. I'm like, bye. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, right, you know, right, right. Gotta, so I'm lucky that I have someone that understands that. But I think for a lot of people, it's not that way. It's like family first always and everything else has to fit in around that. And I wouldn't say I'm not family oriented, but I think that at least with my family and my husband now, it was always understood that it was like a, a temporary thing, like maybe a one-off this, you know, my parents used to say, book a family a family vacation because then Lainey will book a commercial. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's a thing to do that was, you know. But you're right. I think that's kind of the, the whole concept of Up TV, which is very much family values. There's a little bit of a, of a, a Christian theme to the, to the network and all that sort of thing. But once again, like Country Hearts, I think, turned out great. I have no doubt that Country Hearts Christmas would be the same. And yeah. they, I don't know if you know, but they, the Country Hearts was a big hit on Up TV. The, the rating no, spiked. No one told me. Yeah, like they without giving too much away within that world of up TV country hmm. hearts did a great number. That's awesome. So if, if, if country hearts Christmas does a great number, would you be interested in doing more with, with, with this world that we've created? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, any, any chance to work is, you right. know, 
Right. It's a privilege, especially <laughs> after a strike, you know, yeah. I think everyone's itching to just, it's not even like, just, I'm, I love being on set. Like I love being at work and I think I miss that so much, but so that's, I mean, that's one thing. And then on top of that, there's, I think it's been really cool that we have this established cast and that we've all kind of got a rapport now. And we got to see yeah. these characters like kind of grow over the arc of two different movies and just being able to take those storylines even further would be, would be a great privilege. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was excited. Like I said, like being, being there and getting into the, the meat of it. It's like, there were some really great characters or some great actors involved. And I, I thought the scripts were really well done. So it's one of those things. Yeah. If, up TV wanted to do more, I would be more than excited to do it. Whereas I don't know if I would have felt that way prior, but now it's like, I really like this whole vibe that we have on this, on this show. A hundred percent. And I think too, like who you work with is a big thing. Like, obviously I had some people that were huge fans of yours before <laughs> I started working with you. And I was like, ah, oh, I hope he's not a dick. <laughs> you absolutely are not. And you were not. And yeah, you were just everyone. Like I had a lot of people ask me, obviously, including my agent, like, what's like and i was very happy to report i think the words i always use for you chris are class act oh because you thank are you just very humble and kind and for anyone listening i had a friend who uh whose dad is just a super fan of chris <laughs> um and uh she watched a lot of your matches growing up with him and yeah chris took the time to send him a very thoughtful video and yeah that's just who you are and for that reason too, I, I haven't always had that experience of, you know, having super, super pleasant co-stars at all times. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky for the most part, but um, yeah. And that's, that has a big bearing on it too. And yeah, I would absolutely love the chance to work with you again. W too. Was it a, a Ron Burgundy coffee cup that you gave me? Is that what you, or was, no, it was the Talladega Nights. <laughs> Saladega Nights yeah. because here's why. <laughs> um, full disclosure, I gave the same gift to Marco. So um, <laughs> just I mean, because the three of us, there was a lot of scenes where Chris had to say, <laughs> "Dear Jesus," and like pray before a performance or a big decision. And I, I, I think I lost track of the times when Marco would say, "Like, dear sweet infant baby Jesus," or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from down there, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're praying at the table. I get you guys, and it is so sad. I don't care if it's a T-shirt or a mug or what, but it has to say that phrase on it. <laughs> Last question for you: um, What's your favorite scene in, in either of these movies? Is there one of the scenes you enjoyed doing? Oh, that's a tough one. I know for me, the, the, while you're thinking, my, my favorite or one of my favorites is when we were sitting at the table uh, in Country Hearts. And that's actually in the trailer. It's like, when you sign this, like, you know, you lose all rights to, yeah. you know, the song. It becomes their song. And that's something that's very true in the world of music. When you write a song, we have a gold record for a song, Judas, and I use it as my ring song in AW, but we still have to get permission and pay the rights fees. Like, it's not our song anymore. Oh, it's owned by somebody else once you sign yeah. the dotted line. So that, to me, was a pretty cool, intriguing uh, scene with, with you and I and, and Katarina. Right, and you you really relate to that. So there's sure. like, tell them it it's true, maybe teaching a little something to yeah, people yeah. who you know, aren't familiar with the industry. Um, man, I... I don't want to give away too much because I'm, I'm trying to remember which scenes were in which movie, but <laughs> yeah. so there's one, there's one scene where you, like you and me are decorating a Christmas tree. Right. And I think at that point, like you, I don't know where the, if, if we end up shooting more movies in this series, I, I don't know who, who Tori will end up with. I actually haven't been told that information or if, I don't even know if the writer knows, but there's a point where, where Bones knows that Tori might have a little thing for Roddy. 
and I'm just like, oh, where is he? And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and there's like, because I don't think, I think there's been like an establishment that like Tori and Luke are like in the friend zone and obviously yeah. Barrett's a bad boy. And then Roddy's like, could could they be? And I think that's the first scene where I, I like maybe clocked him as like a potential suitor. And then you're like, I don't know. I don't know why. It's not like a standout <laughs> scene, like emotional or anything, but there's something about it that I just think is very like, I don't know, just very like a I'm close father-daughter. Yeah, yeah, I'm on to you, yeah, but yeah. I'm not going to ask too much because I still, it was like, I just thought it was really sweet. Oh, man. I think otherwise, this is going to be so cliche, but I think I think maybe um, a performance, a performance yeah. scene where I'm in the barn with Luke and and that like. Where I'm spying like a, on you? Yes. Yeah. Where you write the I think, song, yeah. Yeah, I just think there's something about that scene. It's, it's very like stripped down and just kind of. Um, magical you know yeah. <laughs> I just that, like that movie kind of sparkle on it and I, I think also um it's kind of rad that she just like chilling singing in amongst her horses and there was literally horses around us there was too. yeah oh, the whole time that was legit yeah. in the stable yeah yeah it was it was like very much living what was actually happening well Lane, it's, it's great talking to you and reconnecting and uh hopefully country hearts is the biggest movie in television history and we get a chance to uh, do some more with this world and, and work together some more. Yeah, I would love that. It's been so great, you know, chatting with you and just being a part of this. And please do let Next, me know yes. when you're coming to perform in LA. I again. promise. I, pr- I you, you will be the first to know. I will. I will all have right. you there with VIP all the way. Oh yeah, I'm in. <laughs> all right, thank you, Lainey. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.